When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles... 13-7 ugly loss to the Giants. We're going to discuss the future of Jalen Rager. And we're also going to talk about the injuries that are hitting this team at the wrong time. But before we do that, Chris, let me bring you in. How you doing? Uh, that was something yesterday. <laughs> if, if I don't know what this team has to do, and we'll get more into this, but you had everything laid out in front of them. You had the Cowboys losing. You have a Giants team that's reeling, and you—they turned in that type of effort. It was just—it was inexcusable, for lack of better words. But other than that, I'm doing all right. How about you? You know, I'm hanging in there. Uh, I missed Hanukkah last night with my kid, but he seemed to have a good time. We watched the video as we were coming down the elevator last night at MetLife. Yeah, uh, uh, it was a cold day. Um, but you know, I got my coffee, I got my blueberry muffin this morning, um, and I'm, I'm doing well, you know, I think, uh, this game is so hard to kind of break down because it was like the Giants showed up and the Eagles just handed them the game. Like, I know there's always this, this cliche where they get paid to play too, but like, what did the Giants do that was effective on offense, on defense, they forced four turnovers, but largely that was due to the incompetence of the Eagles offense. Um, the Giants are still a bad team. Joe Judge didn't out-scheme anybody, didn't out-coach anyone. It just seemed like Nick Sirianni got too cute with his play calling. They were going up against a very poor run defense and decided to completely scrap their strategy the past four weeks that was successful and start passing the ball. Running backs touched the uh, ran the ball ten times in the first half, which is a far cry from what they were doing before. Jalen Hurts had two brutal red zone uh, interceptions. One of them, you could argue, was partially on the wide receiver Squez Watkins stopped on his route. Um, the second one was clearly unheard. He threw into a crowded end zone with no one open with two seconds left in the game in the second half. Uh, cost the Eagles points at the two yard line. 
just awful stuff. Um, so two red zone interceptions in a six point game. Uh, Boston Scott, who scored a touchdown early in the, I mean, in the early in the fourth quarter, then fumbled after playing really, really well down the stretch as he typically does against the Giants. That was huge. And then Jalen Rager drops two passes near the end zone. Um, and they were really good throws by Jalen Hurts, probably his two best throws of the game. Uh, this look, oh, and we should mention, look, the defense played relatively well. I mean, they, they did, um, 13 points off of four turnovers is pretty, pretty rad. If you ask me, um, there were some moments where Kenny Gainwell and, and Evan Ingram broke out for some big plays, but overall the defense played relatively well outside of not really forcing a lot of pressure, uh, on Daniel Jones or forcing any turnovers, even though Daniel Jones is a walking turnover. Um, yeah, those are my takeaway early takeaways as I went on a, on a rant for the last two minutes. Anyway, Chris, what was your biggest, ta- what were your three biggest takeaways from this game? Well, the first one's obviously turnovers. You, you can, and I know it's cliche to say, you know, turnovers will kill you and that'll cost you a game, but there were a couple of them were egregious. I mean, especially that, that hurts one at the end of the second quarter, before the end of the, before going into halftime. That, that was just one he had to throw the ball away and trying to force that throw in there cost the team at least three. And then you add those, th- those three to a, to, like basically, you saw that changed the whole entire complexion of the game because I thought that gave the Giants' defense some momentum going into the locker room, thinking like, "Hey, you know what? We can hang around and play with these guys." I thought if you got a field goal or even a touchdown, that would have broken their spirit a little bit more, and then you got the ball to begin the second half and move down the field. Secondly, I thought Devonta Smith should have been targeted more. I saw him, we saw him break open a few times, and especially on on, on that first. Uh, Hertz interception. He was starting to break open across the middle of the field, and there are other times where Hertz just wasn't able to find them. So, I, I think Hertz has to do a better job, especially when you look at your best receiver or your team. You got to try to find ways to get him the ball, or even if you try to force or take a risk. I'd rather take a risk going toward Devonta Smith than going toward Jalen Rager. I thought Derek. If you're looking for, if anybody's looking for any positive notes, I thought Derek Barnett played one of his best games of the season. I thought he was very impactful. He, he created a, a sustained rush, and he he also didn't commit those uh, any penalties. And he stayed on the backside of the, of the defense as well, too, not letting anything go outside of him, especially when the Giants tried to do those end rounds and try to get cute themselves, trying to throw stuff that they weren't doing. So I thought that was a bright spot. But overall, this uh, the, 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 the effort that they showed out on the field, like they, I should say effort because I thought they played hard, but the execution was just lacking in a lot of aspects on offense, a lot. Yeah, an execution, um, I do think, takes the cake in this one. Um, I do think the play calling was kind of weird. I thought the game plan was kind of dumb. Um, based on what we had seen from the previous four weeks. So, um, excuse me. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what they saw on film that was like, yeah, we should totally scrap the strategy of just running down their throats. I don't know if it's that they respect Jordan Howard's production so much or they were just like they were at the two yard line and they had Boston Scott in there for three plays and they had a timeout. Why not try to run the ball with him? It doesn't always have to be about Jalen Hurts. I mean, you could we're in the press box. They moved uh, Boston Scott 
to the slot and had an empty backfield and everybody in the press box just yelled QB draw pretty much. You could see the QB draw on second down from space. I mean, it was, it wasn't confusing anyone and the giants snuffed it out really easily. I I, I just, I don't know. It was a a really rough game for the offense in general and they gave it away. Uh, as Jalen Hurts said, if you turn the ball over that much, you don't deserve to win the game. Boston Scott said they beat themselves. Uh, but we really need to get into the topic of Jalen Rager because this is not just a problem anymore. It's like an or it's like a major ordeal, right? Like before he was just a bust. Now he's like losing games uh, in a lot of ways. And I think I don't I read this on Twitter referencing the John Mayer song, but like they're slow dancing in a burning room right now. It's the Eagles and, and Jalen Rager are like just I mean, they're they're trying to make this work, but like you know that they're doomed, my dear. You know what I mean? Like they're like That's a heck of a reference. Yeah. Um so Look, I don't see a way Rangers on the team next year. I don't think you should be. I think they both need uh, a change up there. Um, look, you know, from everything we had heard, uh, there was a lot of positive stuff behind the scenes with Jalen Rager. And it's just like you can't drop two. Like, if you drop one and then come back and, and made the play of the game, then I think all is forgiven. But, like... Man, what has he done? What has he done? He's been on the Eagles as long as you've been on the beat. What has Jalen Rager done to even warrant a draft pick, let alone a first-round draft pick? Uh, Chris, I'm going to give you the floor because you wrote a great column last night. Uh, What are your thoughts on Jalen Rager? Thanks. I'll I'll start with this. Uh, I thought it was admirable that he came out and talked to us after the game and and took ownership of – Dropping, dropping those passes. I'll, I'll give him that. But it's gotten to the point where you can't rely on this guy anymore in big spots. He doesn't come up big when you need him. It's so erratic whenever you do get something. For, and I mentioned this in the column. For every time you get the, the punt return for a touchdown against Green Bay, you get a questionable punt return decision for every big play he makes on an end around whenever he does one you get a drop or you get five dances around and doesn't do anything i mean two before yesterday two of the three last three games he finished with negative yards offensively and when the team drafted him they looked for a guy who they thought hey we get the ball and get the ball to him in space he'll make something happen well whenever he does it's not going on Granted, I'll, I'll give I'll even I'll even give him the early part of last year where he had the injuries. It's tough. I understand that people get hurt. It takes some time to get back and, and, and to play at a, at a good level. But something has to click when you have the opportunities when you're feeling good. You have to make plays. I mean, there, there were times yesterday. I'm looking, and, and especially when they're trying to hurry up, he's lined up in the wrong areas. He had to saw he saw Smith. He saw Watkins like telling him no, no, go on the other side of the field that way too. So. It, it like he was having issues where to line up at times. And for a second-year guy who was a first-round pick, and then it, it just loomed it, – it's just – if if I'm – I understand what the fans are feeling because you guys, you see frustrated because you see the talent. You see the speed. You see 
you see the elements there to make him a competent, decent wide receiver, and something's just not there to putting it all together consistently. And I'll go one. I'll go even one further. Who would have thought at this time, is at this point in his career? In both players' career, you'd be you feel more comfortable relying on JJ Arcega Whiteside than you do Jalen Raker. At least with Arcega Whiteside, you know you're getting some blocking. You know what he is, and for lack of better words, he's. And I said this yesterday that he's he's basically what Jordan Howard is. Uh, not Jordan Howard, excuse me. Jordan Matthews is for the 49ers right now. He's just a a wide receiver, a tight end playing the with a wide receiver as his position. He's a blocker. But he's he's been able to make some big plays when you needed him to. He, he's reliable, and it's got to the point where you go, oh, wow, J.J. Arcega Whiteside made a play. But he, he you could actually say he made a play. I mean, Rager has made some circus catches. Don't get me wrong. That that one he made in the second quarter where he's falling backwards and gets him down to go on, that was a great catch. But you don't see that consistently because he always drops the easy ones. I don't know if he has to feel like he has to be in an area where – he has to. It has to be a circus catch for him to make a highlight real catch. Where oh, I'll come down and, and it'll be good. Something. It's it at the point. I don't think. I think personally, I think he's back next year because they don't want to write it off. But I don't think they want to write off. They'll try to give him every chance they can. And I still, I, I still would take a if if it was a redraft. I'm not taking the first round. I one. I think he's playing like a fifth. He's playing a fifth or sixth round pick. And Quez Watkins looks like he would have warranted a first round pick. And pull that Quez Watkins out of him. Heck, I'd put him, even though yesterday he dropped another pass, I still put Greg Ward ahead of him, too. He's he's basically the fifth guy, like a, a glorified uh, special teams player at this point. And boy, that, I mean, you look at what Justin Jefferson's doing right now, you look at the rest of that draft class, did, and you see what the Eagles are getting in the first round pick. This, th- that selection is one of the ones where it's like a, it's a, like franchise at the all timers. And this, this is shaping up to be an, all, an all-time fail when it comes to his selection. It's just, it's rough to see. And, and listen, and for anybody who listens to this podcast, they know I'm usually very, very late. I don't like to come down on too much guys because I know it's a tough job when it comes to playing receivers. So many rules, so many different things you have to, to discern and everything else. It's not just run catch balls. There's so much that goes into it. But at this point, given what, has we've seen through a year and a half, given what we've seen when it comes to the overall product, production, just and, and progression. We hear next year and talk about progression guys are up. You're not getting that from Rager, and I think it's time for, for X Bear to move on. He's not a top three receiver. He just play what he is, basically a glorified special teams player. And I'll get off the soapbox now. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, it's good to hear. You're normally very measured. Um, I think. I think the biggest issue here is that they don't really have other options, and that's an indictment of Howie Roseman. It's an indictment of, this, of how the team has scouted wide receivers. You know, John Hightower didn't work out. Granted, he was a lottery ticket in the fifth round last year. Quez Watkins has played well, um, but he's also kind of disappeared. He hasn't scored a touchdown on the season. Uh, there have been a couple of times where he's misread routes that have led to – Jalen Hurts interceptions like that first one in the red zone. It seemed like he kind of stopped on the route for some reason. Um, I mean, Devontae Smith has been reliable. I mean, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, look, the the Giants were bracketing Dallas Goddard, and he ended up with one catch for zero yards, which is bizarre. But uh, the Giants had a good plan in place, but there were opportunities to make plays elsewhere, and they just didn't. Uh, Greg Ward... 
dropped another wide open uh, touchdown pass that was right on the money from Jalen Hurts. I don't know how the guy sees the field again on offense. Um, I, look, it, it's dire straits for this wide receiver group outside of Devontae Smith. And um, I don't know. I don't know if you go more tight end looks or what, but for a head coach who prides himself on developing wide receivers, uh, you can't re- – I mean, outside of Rager or, – or sorry, outside of Smith and Watkins, I'm not sure what you're seeing from a developmental standpoint. Even J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's made plays in the past two weeks – He's getting targeted once and making a play. It's it's not like he's becoming a go-to guy. Um, but I would kind of like to see him out there more. Um, you know, he I think he played uh, one of his biggest workloads on offense. He, play, he played 15 snaps, um, you know, against the Giants. Maybe it's time to use him in the in the lineup and, and kind of try to – salvage that pick in some sort of way. He's never going to be worth a second round pick, but maybe he can be a guy who catches, you know, 25 passes a a season for, you know, 300 yards. He's very good at picking up big chunks of yards when he does actually catch the ball. So maybe he's earned that right. Maybe it's time to, you know, drop Jalen Rager down the lineup. But anyway, um, let's move on to, some of the injuries, Chris, why don't you recap what, you know, they added (laughs) injury to insult in this game. Um, There's five games remaining. They still have the easiest schedule in the NFL, um, but they have to take advantage. And, you know, now to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the Jets, sweep the Washington, win the next one against the Giants, and then hope that they can beat the Cowboys. Really, that's what it is. I mean, the Vikings are now the seventh seed in the playoffs, and they're five and six. I mean, getting to the playoffs is attainable. It's just obviously this game throws cold water on it. You can't guarantee that the Eagles are going to beat anyone. So uh, give us give us the update on the injuries from this game, because there were quite a lot of them, and they were all pretty notable. Yeah, especially when you start with the uh, quarterback position. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, we saw him limping off in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury. And it's weird because it seemed like once he wasn't able to be his mobile self, self, like he was in the pocket, he looked comfortable. He was throwing the ball downfield, getting his best, had some of his best throws. It it, it was a weird coincidence when that happened. But I think he's, that's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor throughout the rest of this week because I think he still plays, but that could impact the way that they call this that Nick Sirianni calls this game and it could impact their game plan because you can't use him to run as much as you normally do if he's he's got that bum ankle if I mean you saw the trainers were, were working on it and I thought I thought it was a very interesting moment where Sirianni walked up to Hertz and he and like he's gonna go there and he just Hertz like wouldn't talk to him like say he wouldn't say if it was hurt or not because he didn't want Minshew to go in and I thought that was a pretty defining moment uh, right there on that bench, but I thought that's. But we're definitely going to have to watch that uh, happen as it goes along. The week goes along. Yeah, Jason Kelsey he missed considerable time last last uh, yesterday when it came to the he had a knee injury, and they looked at the tent and he had Nate Herbig come in and center. And to me, I, at this point, I understand why they want to use Nate Herbig at center, but to me, he's more of a guard. And it's funny they had to use that because Kelsey eventually came back in with that knee injury. But they lost Jack Driscoll because of an ankle injury. And Driscoll's had issues staying healthy throughout the whole entire 
throughout his two years, two years in the league, almost two years in the league now, and he had to be carted off. So that's something else that doesn't the fact that he had to be carted off and he had, with that ankle doesn't bode well. Doesn't want doesn't sound like he may be available for next week's game against the Jets. And you have to wonder now. They had luckily the Eagles had the bye week the following week, but you have to wonder what his status is going to be going forward. Is it serious enough where he has to warrant being on injured reserve? Which also begs the question: What's going on with Brandon Brooks? And that that that, that just shines a bigger to me. It just shines a bigger light on what's going on with that situation. You can plug Herb Herbig in there. I think he's better at the right guard. He played it last year, but it, it just shines a bigger light. Like what's going on with him? Where is he at with his injury process? That's that. And finally, you have Miles Sanders, and to me, for a team that consistently has rushed for over two hundred yards. Lately, with his newfound running attack, you're already without Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, he went off limping in the fourth quarter. He didn't return the game. You, If you're down Sanders, who just came back from his own ankle issues, and he's been serious, I believe, say it was a foot that was messing with him, but he has a, his, we'll just call it lower body. If it's something that's still lingering or is hampering and he can't play, and Howard's knee is still not right. You may be looking at going into with Boston Scott against the Jets, Kenny Gainwell, who seems to be just their receiving option and, and and not a not a running threat, and potentially having to bring up Jason Huntley now or looking elsewhere, which probably bringing somebody else in. But I think it's going to be more Huntley they bring up from the practice squad. You're running with those three against the Jets and. That can also significantly change your game plan, meaning you have to throw more wide receiver screens now to supplement the outside running game, and then hoping Scott can be the the bell cow for that game against the Jets. So there's some significant injuries that this team is facing, and whew, I mean, thankfully they're only playing the Jets, and but. If this was somebody else, there had to be red alarms going on. So this this in, this first injury report, well, first when we talked to Nick later on, uh, we're recording this on Monday morning, but when we talked to Nick on Monday afternoon, it'll be interesting to see he's there, and then that first injury report on Wednesday, that is that, that could be a, a mash unit when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, that's quite the, uh, the list there. Um, what are... Are there any reasons for optimism coming out of this game? Like, like that's that's the thing. Like, I there is a huge group of the fan base that like seeks out positivity, and I, I don't want to leave them hanging. Um, I mean, look, they should have won this game. Uh, I I think they did truly beat themselves. Uh, talking to other writers, they kind of had the same summation as well. Um. Look, they can beat the Giants. They can certainly beat the Redskins. Will they? That's the question, right? Um, I guess from the Jalen Hurts perspective, it's like, it's just one game, sure. But also, like, this was awful. He He did put them in position to win the game. I'm not... I'm not harping on that, but I do think this game is going to be a game that's brought up when the Eagles do have to make a decision of, hey, do they stick with Jalen Hurts or do they plan to go all in on Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or draft somebody? Um, What's your outlook on Jalen Hurts moving into these next five games? I think this is. I think one thing I want to see is it, I want to see his bounce back, especially next week. Uh, I think the good thing is for I think if you're looking for an Eagles perspective, 
you're not facing a murderer's row of of teams coming up here. Personally, I think they finished this stretch four four two. But the one thing I want to see is uh, the the one thing Sirianni has wanted to see is progression and getting his players getting better. And you didn't get that yesterday from Hurts at all. And I know it's the captain obvious thing to do, especially with three uh, three interceptions. But he, I, I want to see him throw. He's throwing better in the pocket, but I want to see him do better, even better from throwing in that area. He's he may have to, especially with that ankle injury. And I. I, I he, you think at this point now, the first half of the season, you give I give him the benefit of the first half of the season because he's still more of in my mind he was still more of a rookie starting quarterback. But it's at the point now you're past the halfway point. You want to see him start to ascend even more, and he started to do that. But that was yesterday was just a big regression. He when it comes to his reads, there has to be a quicker. He has to quickly see that because Devonta Smith should have had a big game. Yes, he really should have had a big game yesterday, and Hurts just didn't find him. He he he, he looked like he was looking more toward the checkdown routes, where he was looking more toward one side of the field. When if he was patient or looked back towards the other side of the field or scanned it a little bit better, he would have found them open. And you you can't have your best receiver not not getting that that many targets that he did yesterday. It's just, it, for lack of better words, it's inexcusable. He had to, he had to do better. I think he's I think Hertz will bounce back. I think it's going to go on a run, and I think he's going to be the quarterback in twenty twenty two. I I firmly believe that he's got the tools that are necessary to do that. I think the biggest thing is. Excuse me if I repeated this before you're here, but the one thing you see when it comes to quarterbacks, the toughest thing to do is actually have the leadership intangible and have to buy him from a locker room. You see so many quarterbacks with the arm, the arm talent. They say they have the arm talent. They can hear it all. They can make all the throws. They can drop it in here and there. They have the size that's desired where to play the position, but you don't hear them getting the buy in from the quarterback position. You don't see the teams believing them. It's where it's one little thing off that's off. Hurts has that. He has he has the skill to th- make the throws. We've seen it. You see him drop the ball in there. He's comes up big when it comes up late. I mean, he put that that team was a Jalen Rager catch away from winning that game. He'll plays well in the fourth quarter. He has to do it consistently in the first three quarters and act like this. It's a, it's a two minute drill trying to win the game. He has to put a consistent effort together in order to do that. But I think he bounces back. I think he'll finish the, the season strong and. I think the Eagles will actually give him a chance to be, be the starter in 2022, and they won't use one of those three first-round picks to be on a quarterback. Yeah, I, th- I, I, as of now, I'm not off the thought process of him being Mr. 2022. Um, doesn't mean I wouldn't go looking. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment. So... Uh, make sure you guys sign up for Eagles Extra. We're giving you exclusive commentary, exclusive features, exclusive Q&As. Uh, when you sign up on nj.com slash tax, remember it's a two-week free trial. So you can kind of feel around and see what you like. And then, you know, if you love us, you can stick around. Then also make sure you download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, we like being in your earbuds. Anyway, uh, for Chris, I'm Mike. Hopefully later in the week we'll have some better news and and it'll be more of a joyous conversation for you to listen to. But we'll talk to you soon.